My husband and I moved into an apartment in 2019 after I found out I was pregnant with our daughter. We had lived in a duplex in a bad neighborhood for a few months before that. We had never had any issues with that place, but I wanted to get out because I grew up being taught that the city this neighborhood was in was just bad all around. Anyway, I chose an apartment complex in the city I grew up in. It's a place that I'm familiar with, as one of my cousins lived there before. Our unit ended up being on the third floor. Not something I wanted, but it was the only two-bedroom available at the time. So we move in, and things are going great for that first year. I had our daughter, and got adjusted to life as a first-time mom. I honestly don't know when we first met Greg. This is the man's real name because I really don't care if people know it. It's a standard name anyway. He lived across the hall from us. He's in his late 50s and lives with his sister. Something that I always thought was really odd. It was immediately obvious to me that this guy had something wrong with him. Something off mentally. It was in the way that he conducted himself. I told my husband early on that something wasn't right with Greg. When my husband would ask why, I couldn't pinpoint it. Now, Greg hadn't exactly come off as rude, harsh, obnoxious, or anything that you would expect from a troublesome person. He was insidious, and that's far worse. Over time, I would pick up on small things about Greg. He talked to everyone, but he mostly talked to younger women. Women my age, 30s or younger, and when he did, he talked to them for a long time, somehow always making it where it was awkward or difficult for the person to exit the conversation without being rude. I was one of these women, and I was extremely uncomfortable every time. Again, it wasn't in what was said, it was in how Greg conducted himself. Little things like blocking the only exit to the laundry room so that I didn't have a way to get out while we talked, or somehow always conveniently being out in the hallway when I was leaving with my daughter. There were times where Greg would start a conversation with my husband in the hallway as he was coming home from work, but then the man would follow my husband into our apartment to continue the conversation. I was so mad that this happened, and I gave my husband a look, hoping he'd catch on and do something about it. But again... Greg somehow made it to where it would have been rude to do so. Looking back on it now, I should have just been a complete banshee toward Greg and made him leave. I mean, come on. Who the hell just walks into someone's place uninvited like that? The fateful day came about a month or so before we were moving out. The complex had gotten new owners, and we weren't sure how high the rent would be hiked. We could have asked, but I really just wanted to move away from Greg. It had gotten to the point where I would double-check the peephole just to make sure I didn't see him out in the hall before leaving the apartment. On this particular day, I had to work, and I was in a bathrobe about to get ready, when there was a knock at the door. It was Greg. He came barging in, uninvited again, and he said he needs our help. Thank God my husband was home at the time, otherwise I would have been really uncomfortable beyond words. When asked what he needed help with, Greg explained that he had been talking to a woman online and that she had asked him for money. When he said that he didn't have any more money to give, 
She threatened to post pictures to his family's Facebook, showing what he had been doing with her. I guess they had been exchanging pictures of a certain nature with each other. I'm sure you can figure out what kind. We were baffled as to why he would be so worried about this. Clearly, this was some sort of scam. And if his family did see the pictures, it would probably just make the woman look crazy. I told him to just block her and did not talk to her anymore. He said that he didn't know how, and he handed me his phone so I could do it for him. Of course, the first thing I see in the conversation is not a part of Greg that I'd ever want to see. I mean, ever. But the next thing I saw made me feel even more sick. This woman he was talking to actually looked like a teenage girl. I was immediately furious, and I showed my husband, who then asked Greg how old this girl was. We could both tell that Greg was instantly nervous, which then told me all I needed to know. His answer? I thought she looked like she was 30. Gross. First of all, the man is old enough to be the father of a 30-year-old. And second, the way he answered that question made it seem like he actually knew her true age and didn't want to fess up to it. At this point, I had to actually finish getting ready for work, so I went to the bedroom to change while my husband continued the conversation, basically telling Greg that he needs to be careful online and that that sort of behavior is nothing but trouble. I think my husband was really trying not to believe that Greg was talking to a young girl. My husband also gave him a lecture about, well, adult content that can be found online and that not all of it is actually adult women. I heard Greg then say, so, does that mean I should get rid of the stuff in my room? I don't know what kind of stuff Greg had, nor do I want to know. I really wanted to report him to the police as a potential pedo, but I don't know for sure if that girl he was talking to really was underage or not, and I don't know if the police would have taken that situation seriously. We've had run-ins with internet crime before with scammers, and when we reported those to the police, they pretty much said they couldn't do anything about it. Sorry if this was long-winded, but that day validated the gut feeling I had for the three years we were living there. I'm really glad that we've since moved out, and I haven't had to deal with Greg since. Maybe he isn't a pedo, but he's most definitely a creep that I don't want my daughter to ever be around. Better safe than sorry. I'm a 24-year-old female who's currently sharing an apartment with my 24-year-old female best friend. We'll call her Sherry. Sherry has a furry black cat named Kane. He's pretty large and dense, as he's a Maine Coon mixed breed. Kane usually spends his time doing normal cat stuff. He prefers to sleep in Sherry's room, but every so often he'll get curious about mine and one inside. Whenever Sherry isn't home, Kane actually prefers to be in my room. So, I'm going to recall the first incident that happened. Sherry works night shift, so it's not uncommon for me to spend the evenings alone. However, this particular evening, she was working a day shift and was expected to be home around 11pm. It was only my boyfriend and I at the apartment at the time and we decided to get ready for bed and spend some intimate time together, if you know what I mean. The current time was probably around 9.30, so I knew Sherry would be arriving home soon. Therefore, I left Kane outside of my room 
and pulled my bedroom door shut. He seemingly had no issue with this. My bedroom door has a pretty solid latch once pulled shut. The draft from the AC also pulls the door shut if it's left cracked. My point being, I know 100% that my bedroom door was definitely shut and that the latch had caught, meaning unless you turned the doorknob, you wouldn't be able to open the door. So fast forward about 20 minutes and I heard my bedroom door open and then shut. I heard the distinct sound of the inside latch, but because my boyfriend and I were preoccupied with each other, we thought that we had just mistaken the noise for something else. About 10 minutes later, we're still hearing some meowing, but we finish up and then get up to rinse off. When we got up to head to our shower, I peeked my head out of my bedroom to see if Sherry was home yet. She wasn't. As I opened my door though, Kane speedily ran from under my bed and out of my bedroom door to the living room. I was confused to say the least, and I saw Kane on the other side of my door when I shut him out of it. How did he get inside? And then I remembered hearing the sound of my bedroom door opening again. Now I was convinced Sherry was home. I checked our apartment and her location, and sure enough, she wasn't home. I also have a ring camera that would have alerted me if someone entered my apartment. My boyfriend was obviously confused too, but he just assumed that Kane may have been hiding under the bed the entire time. Which, don't get me wrong, could be a possibility. But the thing is, I know that I shut him out from the bedroom, and I also heard and confirmed that the latch shut, and I heard the clicking of my door opening and shutting. I might add it was a quick open and close as well. Like within two seconds, I heard the distinct closing sound. Anyway, I decided to just sweep this occurrence under the rug, as nothing like this had ever happened before. Well, flash forward a few weeks to present time. The story actually happened last night, which was October 30th, 2023, as of the time of this story. Sherry and I had just finished a test in the morning, and by the time we arrived at our apartment, we were dog-tired. Sherry was waiting on her own company to arrive, who we'll call Dale, before she went to lie down. Once Dale arrived, I then took off to my bedroom to nap. It was probably about 1 p.m. Sherry, Dale, and Kane remained on the couch. I fell asleep pretty awkwardly. I was laying on my stomach diagonally across the mattress. I remember a few interesting blips from my dreams during my nap, and I slept pretty hard until I heard my door open and the sound of Sherry and Dale's voices. Now, I'm extremely tired, so I opted to keep my body still and eyes shut so that they just assume I'm still sleeping and leave me alone. My mind and consciousness are very awake, though. I then felt Kane hop onto my bed and walk around and on the top of the backs of my legs. I even moved my legs around him a bit so that he could find a comfy spot to lay with me. This went on for a couple of minutes, until I eventually felt and heard Kane hop off my bed and I. I distinctly remember Sherry then saying, Oh my gosh, she's knocked out, look! And then Dale replying, Oh, I don't know. I don't want to look at her sleeping. That's kind of weird. Along with the two of them giggling to each other playfully. Then my door shut. After my nap, I got dressed to go run some errands 
and I noticed that Sherry and Dill were sleeping in Sherry's room, assuming they wanted to nap also. Sherry always leaves her bedroom door cracked as to allow Kane easy access in and out. I ran my errands, and when I arrived home later on, Sherry, Dill, and I all had dinner together. The conversation was really lively and fun, and I decided it would be funny to try and make a joke out of them letting Kane into my room during my nap. They both fell silent and looked very confused, which also confused me. I told them that I heard them talking and what they were saying while they let Kane into my room. Sherry finally speaks up and then says, Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about. We went to nap right after you went to nap. We never got up. Kane slept with us the entire time. We never opened your door. I mean, why would we? I was absolutely bewildered now because she was right. Sherry never just opens my door. I responded. Oh, I assumed Kane might have been meowing or throwing a fit to get into my room and say so you opened my door to let him in. I felt him on me, walking on me and around me. Sherry kept denying any of this happening, as well as Dale. They were both becoming increasingly concerned because I kept describing the details. It was crazy. I heard every sound. I felt every movement, especially on a mattress where movement depresses the material. I know it was real. It had to be. They're both excusing it as some sort of lucid dream I had, but I just can't get over it. I have no idea how this happened or can happen. All I know is this makes two weirdly freaky incidents that have happened to me in the month and a half of living there. I would really love some feedback from anyone else who may have experienced something similar. I guess I'll just be waiting to see what else happens. My name is Noel. I'm 24 and living with my roommate and bestie of about 10 years. We're currently living in our first apartment post-graduation. This is the story of our crazy neighbor who genuinely made us fear for our safety. I'm still amazed and furious that more wasn't done to stop his atrocious behavior. For clarity, here's the cast we're dealing with. The crazy neighbor is Chris. I'm using his real name because, well, I believe that he deserves to be shamed. Roommate is A, girlfriend is going to be G, and Chris's daughter will be N. I'd say it was about three months into A and I finally moving in together that Chris, his girlfriend G, and their baby girl N moved into the apartment below us. Chris was a maintenance worker for our apartment complex, and though I never met G, Chris seemed nice enough at the time. I made in some cookies, and Chris had asked how our day had been, and would even help us out with small things like when I knocked out my window screen and couldn't get it back in on my own. Sadly, though, it didn't take long for Chris's true colors to show. A came into my room one morning, kind of panicking a bit. She had showed me a video of Chris and G. They had been fighting, and A had caught a video of Chris coming from the apartment as G was getting in her car, where Chris had suddenly chucked his Xbox at G and then ran to try and break her car door as she drove away. I immediately told A to send the video to the apartment managers. To our fury, the management insisted that it was an internal affair. 
So A and I angrily demanded that the management ban him from our apartment for our safety. We didn't feel comfortable with him being in our house anymore, and we avoided him like the plague. We started hearing him and G arguing more and more, and N sobbing. Finally, we saw G and N leave, and we were then greeted to the regular sounds of Chris punching his walls and screaming at himself. We recorded everything to show his increasing violence. G would come every once in a while for N to spend time with her dad. This would usually result in the two fighting or having extremely loud, angry sex in his room, literally to the point that A and I could hear it through the entire apartment. It was a few weeks before everything hit its peak. A was at work, and I had the day off. Our cat and I were falling asleep on the couch when my cat woke me up by jumping down. I paused to try and hear what we heard, and we heard lots of banging and shouting. Going to my room, I could hear G and N screaming and sobbing while Chris had cussed and threw things. I shakily tried to record the sounds while I grabbed my bath from my closet, and I then called A and my parents who lived down the road. Then I called 911. I took as much video as I could, and eventually, A came home. As she did, Chris and G went outside, with G sobbing that he hit her. We recorded it, and we assured her that we had called the police while Chris cussed us under his breath. After G left, A and I called our partners to come as well, and A tried to calm me down because I was sobbing and panicking. My parents came, and my dad, who was like a linebacker and built like a truck, actually stood guard by the door and on our porch. Literally the second the cops had arrived, Chris immediately tried to play happy family right in front of the cops, playing within along the sidewalk while being super passive-aggressive about my dad standing on our porch, glaring at him like a hawk. It took all that I had not to take my dad to the side of his stupid-ass face for insulting my beloved father and hitting poor G. Note, I don't think G was the nicest person, but she never deserved to be treated so horribly by Chris. The cops had asked A and I for our statements, and we showed them everything from that day and told them how Chris had been increasingly violent over the past month. As we went back to our apartment after giving the cops our info, we could see Chris's door cracked just enough for him to stick his head out and glare. It sent chills up my spine. A and I sat with my parents trying to calm down and watching through our ring camera to see what was happening. After about 10 minutes, we could suddenly smell weed through our door and we heard Chris pounding on the living room walls while in wailed. Just as he started pounding, a cop came to his door and we then saw Chris get taken away in cuffs. We were so relieved, thinking it was over. We were so wrong though. Chris was gone for two blissful days when A had texted me that he had come back. I was pretty much panicked all night at work, shaking and nauseous. Chris was back in his apartment without G or N. We only ever saw G coming back once in a blue moon to sleep with Chris, and we often saw Chris coming home with this one random girl who couldn't have been older than A and I to drink and have sex. We were also greeted to the sounds of Chris screaming and punching on the walls and slamming on our ceiling over every little sound that we made. Chris also had to drive a stupid little golf cart to work, 
and he would often walk around to hide and smoke weed if he wasn't practically hotboxing both of our apartments. Each time he saw us in our apartment, he would always glare at us like our existence was a personal insult, like to the point that he almost drove or walked into other people and things. Our neighbors saw this often. We also got a video of him making a big annoying show in front of our ring camera just to antagonize us. He was also so disgusting. We regularly got roaches in our own apartment. No matter how many times we talked to management, they did nothing. The poor assistant manager heard about this often, and he always tried his best to help us, but to no avail. The last week he was there, he had the same young girl over with one of her friends. They got trashed and were in the same room under mine, screaming and laughing until like 3 a.m. I heard them through my earplugs and white noise I played. I gave a single stomp to shut him up, but Chris responded by screaming louder than I've ever heard and then pounding repeatedly on the ceiling to the point that I was crying from fear that he'd come to our door. My work has left me drained, apathetic, and severely depressed. So, having to deal with this pathetic psycho was like a cherry on the mountain of shit that was really becoming my life. Very recently, on one of the worst days of my working career, I came home to find that Chris's car was gone, and I peeked into the apartment to see that he had completely moved out. I raced upstairs to A, and we screamed with joy, in actual tears, running downstairs to look into the apartment at the trash, the destroyed carpet, and all of the holes in the walls as well. He has also definitely been fired, as we don't see him at all in the complex. We often still laugh about how much it probably cost the manager and Chris to fix the apartment. We now have a very lovely downstairs neighbor, a Puerto Rican grandma and her adult grandkids who are so nice, and that we've already warned about the office's incompetence. Hopefully, though, they won't ever have to deal with what we did. In conclusion, I have a message for Chris. Get thoroughly fucked. I really hope your life is shit, and you never get to see G or N ever again, and that every woman in your life sees you for the pathetic man-baby that you are. I hope you rot in hell, along with every other abuser out there. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always, stay.